Morning Liberty. Well, what is going on, all of our Liberty-loving friends? Welcome back to another fantastic episode of the Good Morning Liberty podcast. I'm one of the hosts here, one of the best, just straight in and straight out the best. Charles Chuck Thompson, Nate, across the crusty pay legs because, you know, we just can't seem. I saw you today, actually. I did. You came to the office for just a split second. I barely saw you. You grabbed some much-needed items, and you headed back to the hole in the ground that you've dug yourself. I believe you guys are staying in the newly remodeled remodeled bunker, right? Those of you guys watching on live might see Nate's newly remodeled bunker. He's got cowboy stuff in there or anything. Whatever. Anyway, Nate, how's it going from the bunker? Can we hear you? It's uh, uh, Hopefully my sound is coming out, coming out okay. I've got myself a clean room developed over here. And, uh, well, crap, what was that sound? Got myself a clean room developed over here, so we can't have any viruses coming. I lost you, Nate. We lost you. Like, I got to get him back. It was clearly the bunker. Yeah, that was crazy because, uh, I don't know if you guys saw on the live stream. Wait, I think we're getting Nate back. Yes, I... I had to reach out to Alex Jones real quick. There was a, this whole conspiracy happening. Nate lost connection in his bunker, but we got him back for the time being. I don't know if the NSA was screwing that up or what was happening, but we know something nefarious was going on. We'll get back to you on that. But uh, Nate. Yeah, Charlie, all I saw, by the way, on my end was just it. I know I think you guys might have seen the logo of my computer saying it had a low battery. That's not what it was. I saw an NSA logo flash on my screen really quick with the middle finger, and then my computer shut yeah. off. Yeah, the so, middle finger was there longer than the NSA logo. It was. Yeah. It started with the middle finger, and then it went to the NSA logo, and then the NSA logo went away, and that was actually it. That was that was all that happened. So and that yeah. was weird. That was really weird because normally when my computer says low battery, um, it will say low battery, and then about 30 minutes later, I'll be like, oh, crap. My computer said low battery a while back. I got to do something about that. You got to do and, something. And so I'll procrastinate that as long as possible until it says that it's about to shut down. <laughs> and this time, it said low battery, and then immediately, it was dead. I literally was about to stand up and, and plug my laptop in. The NSA, it was they, dead. They, killed your, they killed the laptop. They that killed is the, the only feed. explanation. Yeah, it's the only that thing is. that can happen. And, you know, Alex Jones is a great friend of mine. We're going to investigate this. <laughs> I will be on his show in no time. Just just hang in there. We'll get to the bottom of this and we'll yell and scream about it. And that's all we can do. That's all I we really can hope do. that my laptop didn't get a coronavirus on it because I'm going to have to do a sweep <laughs> of this. You know, everyone Sam says uh, Sam says Ambien is a hell of a drug. <laughs> Nate, are you doing this podcast on Ambien? I don't normally partake during the day. That's just, uh, I literally, uh, a lot of you guys don't know this, uh, but I have, so this is weird, but I have narcolepsy. I've got that. It's a, it's a mild case. I don't fall asleep while I'm driving anymore or anything like that, but I've got a really mild case <laughs> anymore. <laughs> and one of the, one of the symptoms, one of the forms, it just messes up your sleep cycles and you can't sleep. Uh, you know, consistently. So uh, you would think with narcolepsy, you just fall asleep and you would be out until someone punched you in the face or threw water on you. With me, it was different. 
I have insomnia really bad and I can't sleep. When I do fall asleep, it's for like 20 minutes. So I've got to take Ambien to get a solid four and a half every single night. And since I started doing that, it really helps. But I need a setting on my phone where I hit, I just took Ambien and it sets a countdown and maybe 15 minutes and then it shuts my whole phone down. That's really what I need. You know, what's interesting. Um, I'm not sure if I can say this, so I'll cut it out of the podcast and only our live (laughs) people will be able to hear it. But you and your wife both have narcolepsy, which is kind of rare, right? It pretty rare, I guess. Um, is that a a disease or just a condition? we met at a, at a narcolepsy recovery clinic. So I guess it's not that rare, <laughs> but, uh, no, it's, uh, it, it does seem pretty rare. Uh, we both joked around about it for a while. Like, man, I think we had narcolepsy. And then we finally did these sleep studies where they torture you for roughly a day. And then they tell you whether or not you have narcolepsy. It turns out, turns out we that do torture leads to narcolepsy. Yeah, <laughs> so now you does. have it for sure. But anyway, welcome to the Good Morning Liberty podcast. We got Nate back on the line. We had, sorry about all the technical difficulties. It's, you know, when you're streaming live from a bunker, then, you know, times are tough right now in this pandemic and you got to do what you got to do. And sometimes the signal strength kind of cuts out on you or it's a low battery, one or the other. We don't know, but we're going to investigate that matter for you. But I want to tell you guys, um, because I haven't said in a while, actually, at the beginning of the podcast, and I'm talking to all you eight percenters out there. No, not you rich eight percenters. I'm talking to you eight percenters who don't subscribe to this podcast like you should be subscribing to this podcast. So this is if you guys caught the whole beginning, you're like, where am I? This is the Good Morning Liberty podcast (laughs) where we talk all about life, liberty and the pursuit of meaning because happiness is just a bunch of bull. (laughs) And, uh, you know, happiness is fleeting, as they say, and you're not always going to feel happy. So what's better than that? There has to be something better than that. And that's something meaningful. You know, I don't actually feel that happy during this pandemic, because if any of you guys know personality types, you might be able to tell a little bit that I am an extroverted person. I like to talk a lot. I like to go places. I like to take trips. And I like to eat out. If you look at my credit card statements, I spend the majority of my money eating at restaurants. Mm-hmm. And I go to the Preds games. Plus, if you're watching the live stream, you could tell that ah, that guy needs to work out a little bit more as much as he eats. Um, and uh, I like to do all those things. I'm an Enneagram type seven. And that means that basically everything I just said, same thing, personality. I'm one of those people. I'm a pure optimist. I'm always happy. And I always am doing something. And I my day job hasn't changed because I work, I've been working from home for years and I've found a way to balance that by going out at night, going to baseball games or Preds games or whatever, hanging out with friends and you can't do any of that. And I'm telling you, my happiness has been fleeting from me because part of my happiness was pursuing those fun, short time endeavors. And since I can't do that, uh, I have to have something else that gets me out of bed every morning. You know what does a few things. Uh, talking to all of you guys, that's part of my meaning, spreading the message of liberty and throughout this pandemic and, and telling you guys like, look, how do we face something like this? What are the principles behind the life that you need to lead to be able to get through something like this for people that depend on that? Let's say their job for happiness, or they depend on going out for their happiness, man, they're in a world of hurt right now because happiness is gone and you need to have something more than that. And that's why we talk about life, liberty, and the pursuit of meaning, because it's the meaning that's going to get you out of bed every single day when you don't feel like you want to. There's a couple things that get me out of bed every morning. One, that's the markets. The market's open. 
8 30 central you got to get on a little bit before then so you can see the pre-market and uh so you got to be out of bed by eight o'clock in the morning otherwise you're missing out on all the uh all the trading that goes on during the day during the week and so if you want to check that out go to mastermytrades.com and we'll plug that later on in the show but i wanted to give you guys a few reasons why i got out of bed that's meaningful trading uh studying and sending out the message of liberty that's meaningful and then also you know doing a job coding software which i don't enjoy the most what i enjoy the most is this it's talking to you guys it's getting connections with nate deep down in his bunker and being able to have this conversation with you guys so i say all that to say subscribe to the good morning liberty podcast the place where it's all about life liberty and the pursuit of meaning that was a hell of an intro man i'm telling you I hope we paid a top dollar for that advertisement right there because, man, that was good. See if you can top it. See if you, you can top it one of these days. Yeah. So <laughs> I'll try I'll try to see. I'll see if I can do it with the trading class earlier because, man, do I need to complain about the SEC today. Yeah. So bad. <laughs> so bad. The people in the trading class are about to hear uh, just us being in a world of hurt because of this freaking SEC. Great trades over the last several days taking great trades and we are being limited in our ability to have a trading class. I'll tell you guys why here in a little bit. Uh, but first, let's talk about let's talk about what's going on. You guys know what's going on. The only thing that's in the news right now. We're going to do one quick, one quick article on this and then we've got to talk about something else. Something else completely that doesn't have anything to do with coronavirus. Yeah. If you guys can believe such a world. So I've, the I've first been- I've been telling everyone the best thing you can do right now is pay it. Just pay attention. Just pay attention. That's the best thing you can do right now. And you'll notice as we go through this show, why it's so important and how I don't, I don't know if funny is the right word, but it's like, how many times in my life can I say, I told you so I just told you so. And as if you pay attention to these types of things, you know exactly where, these things are coming from. And so the story we're going to get into today, I sent Nate, I sent it to Nate over the weekend and you just can't even make it up. Like you can't make this stuff up. It's, it's pure gold for, especially for podcasts like ours. It is perfect. Anytime we can point out just a little bit of hypocrisy that's happening and, and be mindful of our own too, and our own biases and everything like that. Well, let's talk about the budget real quick before we get to Alyssa Milano. Let's talk about this budget because this matters. This does matter, by the way, and it matters for the livelihood and the well-being for people in the country and and generations to come. So if you want to care about lives really strongly, you should care about this article from Reason.com. Budget deficit now expected to near $4 trillion this year. Hmm. We've been been saying this. I mean, this is obvious. We were already at a trillion-dollar deficit, and just with that $2.3 trillion stimulus, well, it's not like we magically took in more money. Actually, we're going to take in less money, which is what we've been taking that we've been talking about, because the government siphons money by force off of the economy. And it turns out, when there is no economy, it makes it difficult to siphon money uh, unjustly off of that economy. So this says in the is this Halcyon? Is that what this says? Halcyon? I said a word Halcyon. wrong yesterday. And it, is, it, is that what it is? Whatever it is, days of your, you know, 10 weeks ago, budget hawks were fretting about the return of trillion-dollar deficits with the Congressional Budget Office's latest 10-year projection showing that the annual budget deficit would hit $1.7 trillion by 2030. This is what we were worried about 10 weeks ago, by the way. 
Today, the, that projection is not even worth the paper it's printed on. It's probably printed on money. It's still not worth that much. In the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic that has already prompted Congress to hike spending by $2.2 trillion, with more likely on the way, and with revenue collections likely to drop in a big way as a result of the coronavirus-induced economic shutdown, the federal government is facing a, the prospect of a budget deficit of nearly $4 trillion this year. That's according to several independent projections made by various organizations over the past week. The numbers are truly staggering. According to the Committee for a Responsible Federal Budget, a nonpartisan group that advocate, advocates for lower deficits, the budget deficit will hit $3.8 trillion this year. That's four times mm. larger than the $984 billion deficit recorded last year. Just last year, the exploding deficit will cause the national debt to exceed the size of the entire U.S. economy this year, something that has not happened since the height of World War II. I actually thought we were already bigger than the U.S. economy, but we'll, we'll go with that. I thought GDP was about $22, $23 trillion, and we're $23, $24 trillion in debt already right now. But <clears throat> anyway, anyway. <clears throat> And it is almost certainly a best-case scenario. These projections almost certainly underestimate deficits since they assume no further legislation is enacted to address the crisis. So, by the way, this is the deficit without another stimulus. There will definitely be an election time stimulus coming up. There will be a massive fight over a stimulus, and we will be talking about whether or not we will vote on the stimulus. The Democrats will put all kinds of crazy Nancy Pelosi wish list stuff in it, and we'll be talking about it in October, and they will be holding that to try and cast Trump as someone who will not sign a stimulus to help people after they add in all kinds of crazy stuff. By the way, that's not in the article. That's me saying that because that's what's going to happen. The projections also assume the economy experiences a strong recovery in 2021 and fully returns to its pre-crisis trajectory by 2025. If that happens, annual budget deficits will fall to about $2 trillion next year and to $1.3 trillion in 2025. For comparison's sake, the largest single-year deficit during the Great Recession that followed the 2008 economic crisis was $1.3 trillion. But even if deficits Trump, received merely... Trump's like, hold my beer. <laughs> yeah. Hold my beer real quick. <laughs> but even if deficits recede to merely pre-coronavirus record highs, the national debt will continue to exceed the size of the U.S. economy for the immediate future and probably way longer than whatever the word for whatever longer than the media is. You know, if you guys have ever heard of a guy by the name of Grant Cardone, he's the sales guy who, who is always telling people to 10x things. You don't want to 10x your deficit. <laughs> it's not, no. That's not no. a goal, by the way, in that 10x, by the way. You know, I, Trump might be inverting the wrong thing here. And I say Trump, well, it's really all of government, but he does sign the legislation. And presidents like to take credit for, you know, deficits or surpluses. So we'll just go ahead and let them have it if they, if they want the credit for it. <laughs> Yeah, I recommend actually not allowing people in government to read the 10x rule by Grant Cardone. I don't think they should be able to do that because no. you don't want them to 10x anything. No. So, uh, by the way, real quick, I went ahead and looked it up for you just so we're not wrong. It is Halshan, the Halshan days of yore. There you okay. go. Okay. Well, continue. What, whatever it is. No, that's basically the article. Guys, this stuff matters. It might sound really annoying. Yeah, Maurice is saying five years to get to where we were just six weeks ago. And that's if nothing else happens. That's if the economy recovers, everything's great. Uh, we don't put on massive taxation and slow down the growth of the economy. We don't do things like that. 
that are projecting five years to return back to where we were at the beginning of 2020. So th this is pretty crazy, especially considering the fact that where we were at the beginning of 2020 was already looking at a trillion dollar deficit for the year. This is really going to matter. This matters as far as the interest on the debt. You know, this money doesn't exist. We take it from the Federal Reserve, which prints our money. We have to pay it back or it's completely, completely fake money. Right now, it's a loan from the Federal Reserve. If you never pay it back, then it devalues the entire currency uh, about by the percentage that they print versus the amount of money that's in circulation. That's about how much devaluation you're going to have if you don't have an, a way to pay that back. So you've got to make sure that there's value behind that debt or it's just going to be uh, absolutely uh, meaningless to do anything and our, our, our currency is going to be devalued to an extent that we've never seen before. And I hope this doesn't happen. I really hope that this doesn't happen, but we could see some crazy, crazy inflation, things that we've been talking about for a long time and the one thing I wanted to say about this was, this is why we were saying that we needed to, to check our budget, to check our deficits long before this happened. Because imagine, just for a minute, if we had a government that was based on no national debt or almost no national debt, or it was running a surplus, something like that. Imagine if this happened and you're in that position. It's the same thing at your house, by the way. Imagine this happens right now, and you've got a mountain of debt and no way to pay for it, and all of a sudden you lose your job, you lose your income, and you have to take out a bunch more loans to pay all of your bills. Or if you had a whole lot of money saved up and you were running very fiscally sound policy at your house, and this happens and you're able to weather the storm. That is, this is why we talk about setting up the country in a way that you could be fiscally responsible and you could prepare and you could be ready for something like this that happens. You know, a year ago, we were super annoying about talking about what the deficit was and what the debt was. And now, just like anyone who wasn't saving money throughout the last year, we get to this point where, what are you going to do? You're just going to take out a bunch more loans is really all they're going to be able to do. That's what you would do at your house. You're going to have to take out a bunch of credit cards or a bunch of loans. You're going to have to default on a bunch of things. It's just, it's just economics. That's really all it is. It's just a, just standard financial common sense. It works the same at your house as it does uh, in the in Washington, except for that they can make their own money. They don't have to apply and, for a credit card. And it's much easier to spend someone else's money than it is to spend your own. <laughs> You well, know, yeah, I wouldn't be that not. worried about it if if I lost my job and all I had to do was be like, well, I guess I'll have to rob a few extra people over the next few years. You yeah. know, that it sucks I lost my job, but I guess I'll just have to start stealing more from people. Well, then in that incentive structure, you're not really incentivized to keep your job or make sure that you're living financially sound whatsoever because you can forcefully take money from people. So that is the big difference between your house and the house or Washington. The, like the house, the house, the yeah, big house, the white house, the yeah. the house house, big brother. It's a house. That's the it's one. The people who shut down my laptop to start. <laughs> yeah, those. Yeah. The yeah. deep deep state. You know, there's a state deeper than the than the deep state, and I'm after them. It's called. Um, they're called the deeper state. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the one we talk about. Alex Jones talks about that little kid stuff. Deep state. Ooh. Who cares? We're talking about the deeper state. Yeah, the here. one that sends okay. you middle fingers yeah. right before they shut your laptop off. 
crazy stuff, man. Just crazy, crazy stuff. I don't, you know, it's so hard in my estimation to talk to anyone but libertarians about this stuff. Yeah. Because it's like now it's Republicans and Democrats. They just don't care. They, I've come to that conclusion. Each side is trying to spend all of your money as possible, as fast as they possibly can with no regard to any of the ramifications. Like the, none of the ramifications exist somehow. Um, and I just don't understand it. You know, right now the Democrats lately have been blocking the, the Senate Republicans are trying to get $250 billion passed for businesses and the Democrats are blocking that. They, they want it to go to the people, which I guess would make libertarians <laughs> happy too. I don't know. But, uh, you know, Republicans, Democrats are all coming together and they're all just spending your money. And we're looking at four, a $4 trillion deficit, which is probably going to be higher than that. It's just unbelievable. I was talking to my dad over the weekend. He runs a uh, you have a dad? small. I, yeah, I do. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> I was talking to my dad over the weekend and, um, he runs a few small businesses, one of them being a grocery store. And he was talking about how everyone in these small business groups have already figured out that the, the stimulus is just ripe for the picking as far as abuse goes and the small business loans. Here's what, here's what you do, and this is what he is doing. Right now, inside of the stimulus, if you uh, take out, you can get access to $25,000. And as long as you keep the same payroll over, I can't remember if it was six months, nine months, a year, whatever it was, if you keep the same payroll. So the idea is that they're going to get you to not fire people. They're going to get you to keep, to keep paying your employees. So yes. if you keep the same payroll, then the loan is forgivable after that, as long as you keep the same payroll. It's not even keep the same payroll, by the way, 75%. Okay. Well, they said keep the same payroll yeah 75 um it it, as long as you keep that then the loan then the loan is forgivable after that and he was saying you know i own a grocery store my sales are are way up right now you know best months we've ever had for a grocery store everyone's eating at home all the time they're cooking from home they're buying way more stuff than they need most of the time uh they're doing fine and he doesn't need any help to pay his employees he already probably needs to hire more people he's not going to lay any people off at the grocery store that's not going to happen but they're still uh they're still able to take this 25 grand or whatever it is and as long as they don't go down in their payroll over whatever span of months it is then the loan becomes forgivable and that's just something that i hadn't noticed i was glad to get a little bit of inside information on it um he said you know, I think this is good for a lot of businesses, but why is this available for businesses whose profits are going up right now? Why is it, you know, I'm making more money with the grocery store than I've ever made, and I'm able to get free money from the government. So that, that makes no sense whatsoever. And that is part of, you know, we, were, we weren't positive about the stimulus. We were not negative in the ways a lot of other people were about the stimulus. Uh, we don't like the stimulus. We don't like the bailouts. But this is something that does exist within this stimulus that people, even if their profits are going up, if, are able to take money out of the system and not pay it back. Pretty crazy. Yeah. I'm, I mean, you know, I'm looking at it as well. Uh, if you go to SBA.gov, it's all on there. It's 
easy to see. There's actually two you can apply for. There's an uh, economic disaster relief grant, by the way. They'll give they'll just give you up to $10,000. There's no income verification. There's no credit check. You just apply for that, and they'll give you up to ten grand for economic disaster. Um, you just tell them your employees and how much money your business makes, and they'll give you up to ten grand free. Anything wow. you borrow over that is a one percent interest rate, and you uh, payments are deferred for six months. But anything up to ten grand, that's just a grant. Just you get it, and then the it's the payment protection program now. I will say they are running into issues on that because I've looked into both of these for our business, obviously, as a responsible business owner, when the government's trying to give you some of the money that you've given them back, then you should go check (laughs) into that, uh, considering the tax bill we got coming up here pretty soon. Luckily, it's not due until July now, but um, if they're offering you any of that money back, it's your obligation to go get it. (laughs) <laughs> and so I checked into these things. They are running into issues on that payment protection program. Uh, they're trying to wade through the nuances of the way the legislation was written. And they're not um, getting the institutions the proper paperwork right now or anything like that. But, uh, but yeah, if you do own a business, you should definitely go check into that because you've probably had more money stolen from you than they are going to give you back and. If everything's going to hell in a handbasket, you might as well, uh, I don't know, be responsible for, for you and yours is what <laughs> yeah, I Yeah, I mean, the money you could get back from this is not is going to be a fifth of what you owe in taxes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so there's no reason, no reason not to. And then there's other times you're struggling. Like, you know, obviously you project out what you think is going to happen in your business, but that doesn't always go according to plan, you know, especially – like I'll just say with us, with the healthcare, you know, the contracts may not be there over the summer, um, depending on how this economy shapes up, uh, because we're not in direct clinical care, healthcare, we're on the financial side of things, which is vitally important. You know, you had to collect cash to keep the business going, but, uh, we're not on the front lines, let's say of clinical side of care. Um, so you never know if the economy doesn't open back up, are those contracts still going to be there? over the summer. And if they're not, how does that look for the, your business for the rest of the year? So you might as well have, if if they're offering that you, that safety net, you can get that additional safety net stored up. It's pretty crazy to see hospitals having such a tough time. I heard Ben Shapiro talking about it earlier. And I know obviously the, the lady downstairs, she, she works for HCA, massive hospital corporation. And uh, they're having a tough time, and which is crazy to be having a tough time as a hospital during a healthcare crisis. You know why? And because they're only allowing people to take care of coronavirus That's patients right. is what's happening. They're lucrative elective surgeries and those types of things they're not able to do right now. So the profitable things are not are are not happening right now. They're they're only focusing on critical care, which they typically lose money on. And they're not able to do the profitable things, which are the elective surgeries. And they're also, they're not seeing the massive influx of coronavirus patients that everyone said that they were going to have, but they're canceling all of the elective surgeries and the elective care. And yeah, the people in the, in the healthcare world are having a tough time financially during a healthcare epidemic. So this, this idea that somehow they're going to just be 
reaping massive profits because of this coronavirus. So that's the exact opposite right now. Healthcare corporations are laying tons of people off. They're freezing, they're hiring. They're doing all, all sorts of things like that because they don't really make money off of the critical people. I, just so you guys know, they we can't go into numbers, but someone who stays in the hospital for a long time and has tons of surgeries and ventilators and treatments they're not really going to make much money off of those people. They're, they're, they're just not. They make money off of the elective stuff, the quick stuff. That's how they make their money. And they're not able to do that right now. So it's, it's pretty crazy to, to think about right now. So. <clears throat> yeah, it's very interesting. Um, and, and it's interesting how all that works. Um, and, you know, I haven't, we haven't announced this yet, but uh, for those interested, um, we're eventually going to be doing um, – because you need to keep improving yourself, we're going to be doing the uh, a coding class, a basic coding class coming up here shortly. So any of you guys listening that would be interested in that, send Nate an email, nate at goodmorningliberty.us. That's nate at goodmorningliberty.us if you're interested at all in um, a basic coding class to understand database structure, basic syntax. If you've ever thought about uh, getting in the digital world, um, we obviously know that truck driving's eventually going away. Um, some of your manufacturing jobs, those types of things, they're going away by the way. So just so you know, the writing's on the wall in the next five, 10, 20 years, they're not going to be there anymore. It'll be robots, but you know what runs robots software and you know what runs software <laughs> people coding it. So if you want to learn some of that stuff, uh, this is the first time announcing it. Is that going to be mastermycodes.com? Maybe I just, <laughs> we haven't, I haven't developed it yet, but I know that I want to help people learn those types of things and something I do every single day. So um, if you guys want to learn the basics of that, I just want to see if there's any interest. Um, I know your, your email box is flooding right now. It so <laughs> um, for those of you that would have any interest in interest in that, then send Nate an email. That's Nate at good morning, Liberty.us. Now it is time for the hypocrisy. This is some of my favorite stuff because you just, it's just so funny. And I, did you get the tweets in here, Nate? I didn't get the tweets. That's this fine. was an article that I found I can, that it, I, I did not grab the actual tweets. I can pull them up because it's, I <laughs> sent them to you and they're saved. In he didn't my send text. them to the right email inbox. So I text them to you and they're, they're just beautiful in there. Yeah. I don't have time for that. And so I'm going to go ahead and pull those up. And um, from the New York Times deleting yes. that tweet. <laughs> Interesting. I don't see them. I can read it for you real quick. Wait, I got them. I got them. But anyway, we're going to get to that. What I wanted to say is this is in regards. This New York Times came out with an article because there is an allegation against Joe Biden uh, for sexual misconduct, for sexual assault. And the New York Times ran a story on this. And they tweeted out a couple things just so hypocritical. Now, I need to remind y'all, uh, it wasn't that long ago uh, that Trump ran for president. Now, is Trump a good person and did he commit sexual assault? Maybe. I don't know. I wasn't there. It seems like the evidence might point towards possibly, but it wasn't proven. So I don't know. Did Harvey Weinstein do it? Absolutely. The guy's in jail now. Evidence proved it. That guy's a pig. Um, but then there was this whole Brett Kavanaugh thing and, and a lot of people didn't want him to be a justice on the Supreme court. And this one allegation came out, this one person wrote, said back in college that he did some things 
everybody on the right was like, oh, you know, you can't believe that. This is, they're just trying to, you know, make sure you don't win a seat. And Kavanaugh did the most unprecedented, ridiculous Senate hearings you could ever hear for a Supreme Court justice. And everybody on the left was like, you have to believe this person no matter what. If there's an allegation, if you, if you just have an allegation, it doesn't matter if you're innocent or not. You can't be on the Supreme Court. Now, I want to preface all of this discussion, too, with this whole notion of a, of a deeper ideology of this toxic masculinity, which, quite frankly, I can't stand that notion that masculinity in and of itself is toxic. And but a lot of times, especially those on the far left, even the New York Times, they'll go on this narrative of toxic masculinity and how if men just weren't the way they were, the world would be a lot safer. You know, if men weren't so aggressive or, or if men were just more like girls, if boys were just more like girls, then we wouldn't have this toxic masculinity that is destroying the world, which is a bunch of crap. Um, however, I will say there needs to be responsible masculinity because, you know, if you just take a real look at the world, um, on average, men are, are more powerful. On average, men can overpower women. And men have a responsibility to themselves and to their other fellow men to make sure that sexual assault doesn't take place. Um, and it doesn't matter if you're drinking or if you're at a party. You know, I remember when I was partying and drinking back in the day last year. Um, <laughs> kidding, <laughs> not when I was younger, in my younger days, um, even before I was 21. Um, I saw a couple times where, uh, um, a girl had been passed out or she drank too much. And, and I remember intervening. There were other times maybe I didn't cause I was too drunk or whatever, but I believe that there is a responsible form of masculinity because men can overpower women that you need to, uh, adopt that responsibility. We talk about personal responsibility all the time. But just because men are capable of overpowering women doesn't mean that that's all they do, because in large part, that's not what they do. Otherwise, we wouldn't have survived as a species, I don't think. Um, you know, there's a lot of I don't know. It, this is a little bit of a tough subject, I think, sometimes uh, because you can get you can have these one-off scenarios where maybe it happened to you or it happened to somebody, you know, and there's this empirical evidence, but overall the data indicates that men don't overpower, overpower women on just, just by day. You know, it's not like men wake up and they're like, Oh, who can I overpower today? All these women. And that's not what men do. Um, but I think it's important to understand the difference uh, between what I think is responsible masculinity versus toxic masculinity, which is just a terrible narrative. So all of that to encompass, to say this whole allegation against Joe Biden, what we're going to talk about is the hypocrisy of the left. Now, if this was Brett Kavanaugh or Trump, you know that this story would be completely different, completely different. So I'm going to read these tweets first. The New York times came out with an article written by two women, mind you written by two women. And it was about the allegation uh, from Reed, Reed's allegation from, I believe, 1993, when Joe Biden was a senator. And the New York Times, in the article, this was in the article and also part of their tweet, it said they're, they're saying that they can't co uh, corroborate Reed's story. 
So it says no other allegation about sexual assault surfaced in the course of our reporting in their investigation. They investigated this whole matter and it said, nor did any former Biden staff corroborate Reed's allegation. This is you can't make this up right here. We found no pattern of sexual misconduct by Biden beyond hugs, kisses and touching that women previously said made them uncomfortable. So we found no sexual misconduct except for hugs, kisses and touching that women previously said made them uncomfortable. So what it, define sexual misconduct for me? Is it not hugs, kisses and touching that women previously said made them feel uncomfortable? Now, you wouldn't believe this, but a mere seven hours later, the New York Times tweeted, we de- we've deleted a tweet in this thread that has had some imprecise language that has been changed in the story. So not only did they delete that tweet that I just read you, which, by the way, there were several screenshots out there of it. So it is true. And it was in the story. Uh, they changed the story and they deleted that tweet. Why? Because it's a gross gross hypocritical statement you could ever make in your entire life. Let me read that again for you. We found no pattern of sexual misconduct by Biden beyond hugs, kisses, and touching that women previously said made them uncomfortable. Would you think that would corroborate Reed's story at all? Would that that be some corroboration? Touching that women said made them feel uncomfortable? Yeah, yeah. Touching them and kissing them. (laughs) When, when, you know, you need the answer of no, I make, I make my girlfriend sign a consent form every time now. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's 2020 guys. It's time to be responsible. (laughs) You got a lawyer downstairs. Yeah. Oh, Marie said I was mansplaining. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So all you women stop listening. I'm just mansplaining. This is for the (laughs) dudes. Anyway, we're talking about toxic masculinity. Yeah. This is pretty crazy, man. I mean, it's, it's insanely hypocritical. Uh, just like you said, this would be completely different if this were another allegation about anyone else. I mean, I hate to just be straight up politically, uh, I don't know, just straight up politics here, but you guys know if this were anyone on the right, if it were Trump, if it were Rand Paul, if it were Ted Cruz, if it were anything (laughs) that the exact same allegation came out against, I don't believe that this is what you'd be hearing from the New York Times. And I don't think this is what you'd be hearing from Alyssa Milano. Now, let me tell you guys something about Alyssa Milano right now. We have, you know, we don't run advertisements on our podcast. We have the opportunity to run advertisements on our podcast. And the ad platform says that if you do not, if you do not take, this is what we've had to deal with or trying to move over to someone else now here soon. They said, if you do not run the first advertisement that we send to you as an option, then we're not going to send you any more options for advertising. You got to take the first ones we send you. The very first advertisement they ever sent us was for us to advertise Alyssa Milano's podcast. That was the very first ad. I ain't going to do it because these colors don't run, man. And and we couldn't do it. Now, I came up with some political speak for how maybe we could give the advertisement and then say, hey, this is just how upfront and honest we are. Go listen to what she has to say and listen to what we have to say and then make your decisions of freedom of speech. We know that we have the right answers and blah, blah, blah. We just couldn't. We just didn't do it. And now they they literally won't sell out. We ain't going to sell out. And they literally have not sent us any more advertising 
So we got to get with someone else because they literally said, if we don't take the first one they send us, they're not going to send us anymore. It says it on there. So anyway, let's do this. Alyssa Milano discovers due process. This is from National <laughs> Review. What a great title. <laughs> now, remember, remember, this is the Believe All Women. <laughs> this is Believe All Women. That's Alyssa Milano. Believe All Women. Okay. Unfortunately, only some women are to be believed when it's politically convenient. It's one thing to adopt a poorly formed set of principles and force them on others at every opportunity. It's another to apply those principles unflinchingly to one's political opponents while giving allies a free pass. That's what people do in politics. Celebrity Alyssa Milano, who is famous now mostly for having once been famous, <laughs> has, <laughs> has lately become an expert in this sort of hypocrisy. I don't think this article is biased whatsoever, as she has cashed in her social media currency to become a useless fixture of our increasingly useless political debates. <laughs> Fair this, and is coming, this is coming from the National Review, no yeah. less. Unlike, but it's, you know, it's true. Un unlike most of our cultural icons, she has declined to use her Twitter and Instagram accounts to fill our feeds with mind-numbing but bearable drivel about non-toxic beauty products, green smoothies, and high-intensity workouts. Instead, she has chosen to become a champion of a, a myriad of progressive causes and a star in the vast constellation of anti-Trump celebrities. Once her more memorable, one of her more memorable crusades in recent memory was on the behalf of failed 2017 Democratic congressional candidate John Ossoff, Ossoff, who attempted to win an open seat in Georgia District in which he didn't reside. But perhaps her most vocal campaign has been as a self-fashioned leader of the hashtag MeToo movement. In this role, she has often invoked the ill-conceived Quote, believe all women, unquote. By the way, I hate people when say, I hate when people say quote, unquote, and then they say what's in the quotes. That's, you wouldn't type quote, unquote, and then type a quote. Quote, believe all women, quote. <laughs> Principle <laughs> by which we are required to reflexively assume that every woman who alleges sexual harassment or assault is telling the truth. During the lengthy smear campaign against Brett Kavanaugh, in which the nominee's ideological opponents attempted to tank his confirmation by entertaining substantiated allegations of sexual misconduct, Milano became one of the most vehement anti-Kavanaugh voices. When one of Kavanaugh's accusers, Christine Blasey Ford, gave her public statement to the Senate Judiciary Committee, Milano attended the hearing, sitting well within view of C-SPAN and network cameras. She was there, she said, to show support for Dr. Ford to stand in solidarity with other women, other survivors that have been through similar experiences. In an interview yesterday afternoon, Milano explained her decision to continue endorsing Joe Biden, even as she defended her position of believing women's testimony, saying that for so long, the go-to has been not to believe them. That's why she said that. We really have to sort of societally change that mindset to believing women, she continued. But that does not mean at the expense of giving men their due process and investigating situations. And it's got to be fair in both directions. <laughs> that does not, we've got to believe, okay, we've got to change the mindset to believing women. But that does not mean at the expense of giving men their due process and investigating situations. Mm. Okay. Of the accusation against Biden, Milano went to say, I did my work and I spoke to uh, the anti-sexual harassment group Time's Up, and I just don't feel comfortable throwing away a decent man that I've known for 15 years in this time of complete chaos without there being a thorough investigation. 
what, really? what if that invest yeah what if the investigation uh found nothing other than what the woman's saying and that's all they found uh -huh. whatsoever that's it and about 40 pictures of him kissing little kids in a twitter thread last week after one of the accusations emerged, Milano wrote, I respect Lucy Flores' decision to share her story and agree with Biden that we must all pay attention to it. But just as we must believe women that decide to come forward, we cannot assume all women's experiences are the same. Yeah. Some are drugged. Some aren't. You know, Some are lying. Some are not. Yeah. I mean, that's weird that's how this happens. The truth. The Me Too activist and Harvey Weinstein accuser, Rose McGowan, harshly criticized Milano for her defense of Biden. While McGowan deserves criticism for embracing the Believe All Women mantra and dispensing with due process, she's right to note the insincerity on display when activists like Milano apply those principles only when it's politically convenient. Milano's due process statement on the accusations against Biden is correct, just as Biden's recent defense of himself was justifiable. Due process is an essential part of the liberal legal tradition and the foundational part of our culture. Okay, so you guys get the idea. This is just plain hypocrisy. We don't have to explain this. We don't have to mansplain this much further for you guys. But okay? at least at least they're finally starting to see that that people can just make stuff up. Now, whether or not Biden has sexually assaulted people, I mean, you've guys seen the videos, I, you know, I, whether or not Trump has, you guys have heard him talk. So it's like, you know, you, you can probably come to some sort of conclusion. Now, Brett Kavanaugh, I didn't see or hear anything. So I, I, I don't know about that guy and I wasn't there, but, but this whole, the, this, this is so true that at the end of this article, although it's heavily slanted, it's so true that that this by, by Milano saying that innocent until proven guilty and having this due process take on this situation is the correct one. That is the default position that you are innocent until proven guilty. And there's reasons for that. There's reasons for that. I'm not saying that you can't believe the women, but what I'm saying is, is that you listen to them and then you investigate it and you see what the investigation turns up. And that's how all crimes work. In, in the great old U.S. of A. And even if somebody guilty does go free, it's better that we don't lock innocent people up or keep them from holding uh, certain positions. I've got some I've got some good stuff from the Times article um, whenever you're ready. I didn't know if you. Yeah, I'm to good. That was the whole up. that was the whole article. That's how I feel on it. I mean, that the thing is, like you said, she's Alyssa Milano is right in what she's saying about Biden right now. There has not been a thorough investigation. We don't know uh, whether or not this is actually true. And that's the correct answer. Yeah. The, the hypocritical part is when it happened to be someone who was on the right side of the article, it was believe all women. And if you don't, then you're just a misogynist and you just have to believe them. And now that it's the person she's endorsed for president, well, we need to do a thorough investigation. Now, we don't really know that this for sure happened. Yeah, believe all women after you check and see whether or not they're lying. Yeah. Yeah, that's, and, that's and, what you should do. The interesting thing, like I you know, this New York Times article written by two women, by the way, um, their conclusion is, is that they cannot find any corroborate corroborating evidence. That's a tough word to say with two R's in the middle there. <laughs> they they didn't find any of that evidence. However, it's you know, it's the article itself is completely hypocritical. 
excuse me, and I want to get to one point in here. I'm going to skip around here in this New York Times article, but I want to get to an important point here at the end of their introduction before they go into Miss Reed's account. Um, and so it, it says here in the article that she worked as a staff assistant and from for the Biden uh, as a Senate staff assistant for Mr. Biden, for Joe Biden, Sleepy Joe, uh, during from 1992, December of 1992 till August of 1993. And she filed a complaint with the Senate in 1993. She does say that she does not have a copy of her complaint. So unfortunately, she didn't get a copy of that. And the paperwork has not been located. Imagine that. Probably got now, lost in a tragic boating accident. Right. Now, you I guys, yeah. or 9-11 maybe, I don't know. Yeah. Now, you guys remember <laughs> that, you guys remember uh, the story that broke about congressmen and senators paying off these people using taxpayer money and how much sexual misconduct was actually going on in these holy chambers. Um, <laughs> you guys remember all of that, right? So that, that's a little bit of corroboration there, that the fact that that, that Right there. Now, I'm not saying that proves it. I'm just saying if you're looking for some correlation and, and corroboration, that's a little bit of it. She she said that she filed it back in 93, but all of a sudden the Senate can't find it. Joe and, Biden's first response, which he recently deleted the tweet, was, uh, I thought Hillary took care of this for me. <laughs> I'm trying to find that tweet. Let me yeah. see. No. <laughs> so and then it goes on to say the seven, the seven, but not one or two. There's seven. Other women who had complained about Mr. Biden told the Times this month that they did not have any new information about their experiences to add, but several said they believed Miss Reed's account. Now, pay attention to the type of words they use here. Experiences. They're not saying they have any new information about their assault. They're saying experiences. That's very important that they do this little psychological word trick for you. It said, but several uh, said they believed Miss Reed's account. So there's some corroboration, at least in my mind, if you have seven other people who have made complaints about the same guy and they also believe this person's story. Well, the Times also said we found no pattern of sexual misconduct by Biden. Right. And then I want to get to the end here because they start to try to shift the narrative here. Um, it says in response to Miss Reed's allegations, Kate Bedingfield, a deputy Biden campaign manager, said in a statement, Vice President Biden has dedicated his public life to changing the culture and the laws around violence against women. He authored and fought for the passage and reauthorization of the landmark violence against women act. He firmly believes that women have a right to be heard and heard respectfully. Such claims should also be diligently reviewed by an independent press. What is clear about this claim, it is untrue. This absolutely did not happen. Now, it doesn't matter what kind of laws you pass or what you shout from the mountaintops if in the back door alley you're still sexually assaulting people. It's like, imagine that I ran a charity that donated $100 billion and we ended world hunger, yet I, was, I killed 100 people. Does anybody care about the charity that I ran and all the lives I saved by ending child and world hunger if I still killed a hundred people. No. So this whole trying to change the narrative of, of, well, Biden, he's just been an advocate for woman, a woman, his whole life. You know, there's no way he could do this. It's like, you can still type out a law while you're getting a BJ in the office. All right. And th <laughs> that can happen. So or in there also, case you can sign a law while getting the BJ yeah. in the office, you know? That now, now look, now they're trying to to destroy her character here. They're trying to say 
Just listen to this. This is just absolutely amazing journalism here. Miss Reed made her new allegation public as Mr. Biden was closing in on the Democratic presidential nomination after winning a string of primaries against his chief rival, Senator Bernie Sanders. Miss Reed, who describes herself as a third generation Democrat, said she originally favored Marine Williamson and Senator Elizabeth Warren in the race, but voted for Mr. Sanders in the California primary last month. She said her decision to come forward had nothing to do with politics or helping Mr. Sanders and said neither his campaign nor the Trump campaign had encouraged her to make an allegation. But they're trying to tell you that she was a Sanders supporter. So he's ah, she's an enemy. She's an enemy of Biden because she was a Sanders supporter because he was his chief rival in the primary. Of course, it didn't matter that Christine Blasey Ford might have been a Democrat or anything like that. Like that, that didn't matter whatsoever. You just have to believe her. Yeah. Now, watch what they do here psychologically. Now they're going to deflect. This is the most interesting part of this entire article. Let You guys tell me what this has to do with Mrs. Reed's, Ms. Reed's claim against Biden. I'm just going to read this. This is from the article. I'm not making this up. You guys go look at it. From the New York Times. I'm not making this up. Just tell me what this has to do with Ms. Reed's claim. President Trump has been accused of sexual assault and misconduct by more than a dozen women who have described a pattern of behavior that went far beyond the accusations against Mr. Biden. The president also directed illegal payments, including $130,000 to a pornographic film actress, Stormy Daniels, before the 2016 election to silence women about alleged affairs with Mr. Trump, according to federal prosecutors. Mr. Trump has even boasted about his mistreatment of women. In a 2005 recording, he described pushing himself on women and said he could grab them by the P word. You guys know what that means? Bragging that he could get away with anything because of his celebrity. Even so, Mr. Trump has at times attacked opponents over their treatment of women. The president has not mentioned Ms. Reed's allegation, which has circulated on social media and in liberal and conservative news outlets. So it's like this is the whole deflecting thing. It's like, okay, if Biden did this, if these allegations against him or or where he has these allegations against him, they're nowhere near as bad as Trump's allegations. I just want you guys to just keep that in mind. And, and it's just to me, I can't even believe that you would like a professor at college would be like, what in the world does this have to do with the actual the the, the story? Like what like is Maurice said in the private chat? Absolutely nothing. Yeah. In all caps. He just yelled that out loud. He said, what does that have to do with the price of tea in China? (laughs) I don't know when in Rome, but so, so it's just, uh, it, this type of hypocrisy that you see, which is why I tell you guys just to pay attention and pay attention to the words they use in this type of things, pay attention to how they try to manipulate you into thinking that Biden's sexual allegations aren't as bad. You know, he just, he just touched them a little bit and Trump touched them a lot. And so who are you going to vote for? You want to vote for the guy who sexual assaults just a little bit or the guy who sexually assaults a lot? <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Like, and that has nothing, this has nothing to do with Miss Reed's uh, accusation whatsoever. This is not real investigative journalism. And, and quite frankly, the me too movement should be ashamed of the New York times. And these two women here, Lisa Lehrer and Sidney Ember. Who wrote if this the article. me too movement is actually about what it says it's about. Yes. And this is to me so damaging to the women who are actually affected because there are thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of women who are actually sexually assaulted 
and who don't get justice, who are afraid to come forward. And these types of ridiculous cover-ups that they do for certain people, um, it hurts those people the most. And to me, it's completely disgusting. It's like, this is what happens when you have no principles, no narrative, nothing really uh, strong to, to confine you, not confine you, but nothing strong enough to direct your life in a certain direction where you can say, Hey, sexual assault is always bad, which should be easy to do. Like, Hey, I'm against sexual assault. I don't care if my own team member did it. I don't care if my own brother did it. Like he deserves to be punished for it. Right. But the people on the left can't do this because they care. Listen to this. They care more about trying to beat Trump than they do about actually protecting women against sexual assault. And just think about that for a second. It's just to me, so disgusting. It's things you can't even make up and they, they have to delete tweets, change the story and all to try to save Joe Biden's campaign because he's the presumptive nominee and we can't have him losing to Trump again. You know, the markets are down the economy's crashing, the pandemic's happening, Trump's doing a terrible job, we need to get Biden in office, that way we can keep passing the progressive agenda. They care more about that. Uh, Jordan Peterson always talks about how, uh, uh, I believe it was Nietzsche uh, who said, no, it wasn't Nietzsche, it was the the guy who studied Nietzsche, uh, Carl, what was his, Carl Jung, said that uh, people don't have ideas, ideas have people. And it's very interesting to see this ideology of the progressive left. It, it takes hold of people and it is the, it is the ultimate goal, not the actual protection of people and what they say to you. It's like, Hey, look what I'm doing over here in my right hand. And I've got a cheese sandwich in my left hand, learning women to Vance, you know, but pay attention <laughs> to what's over here. I'm passing legislation, protecting women. Don't mind me learning them to my white creepy van with cheese sandwiches. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, I don't know that joke. That's Norm Macdonald, by the way. Yeah, everyone just watch Norm Macdonald stand up called me doing stand up. It's it's really good, really good stuff. He does a nine minute long joke in there called the news and uh, really good. That's what Charlie's quoting right there. This I mean, you're absolutely right, man. This is just it's disgusting. It's hypocritical. And I just wish people would call things evenly all the time. But that's not what we have. We have a politically divided nation. We have that. uh, We've mentioned this before. It's like when you're watching football and you see one of your players get away with a penalty and you're like, oh, well, they didn't call it. Cool. (laughs) But then when when someone commits a penalty against you, you're like, yeah, get them. Yeah, get it. Or even if it's like a penalty, you know, pass interference, and you're like, oh, no, this is a BS call, but I'll take it. I'll definitely take it if it gets yeah. us closer. And then when it gets called against you, you're like, oh, the freaking refs, what, who's paying you guys out the side door? You know, that that's just, it's this team mentality that people have in politics. And, and that's, that's what we're actually just like everyone on the, right just now. like everyone on the right looked past all of Trump's allegations and they looked and, past know. the budget before this whole coronavirus thing that, you know, uh, you have the tea party pop up while Obama's the president. And then you have massive deficits over the last few years and you can barely get anyone to talk about it. Actually, if you do talk about it, you're just a never Trumper. Yeah. So yeah, people 
people don't really have principles anymore, uh, except for us. We have those, and libertarians do, people who follow this show. And some people, some, some conservatives and some liberals have principles, but mainly they just have teams. That's really what they have. They have a team that they follow and that they root for. And that's what we're dealing with. Dude, can I tell you why I'm so mad at the SEC today? Tell, tell me about it. So we're doing this trading class, mastermindtrades.com. Everyone should go sign up for that. We've had to be careful over the last little bit because we got, it's not in trouble, but so with the class, we've had a lot of people sign up for it. We haven't received a dollar from the class yet. They're holding our money and they're holding our money because of all of the laws and regulations when it comes to giving what could be called investment advice. And so we've had to explain to them that we're not saying to purchase a specific stock at a specific time. We're saying, hey, this is how you use platforms. This is how you read charts. This is how you order stocks. Here's all the different order types that there are, by the way. Here's a strategy. Here's a a strategy that I use. And what we've had to hold back on doing now is talking about the money side. We say return all the time. We talk about the, the, a return ratio uh, because we can't be promising that people will make any type of money off of anything and we can't be uh, giving people some type of a get rich quick scheme or anything like that and so they sent us screenshots of parts of our website and said that we have to explain this and we have to reword this and that wix did that's where we did the website through and wix is doing this because it's a federal it's a federal regulation. They're not doing it because they're wicks and they're worried about people giving people investment advice. They're doing it because the SEC stipulates that you can't give anyone investment advice unless they have taken in a specific amount of money and given you a piece of paper that says you can give people investment advice. And so I just wanted to say, man, this is frustrating. We've had to be careful with the wording on the class. We've had to be careful with what we're posting uh, in there. It can't relate to money specifically. It can't relate to specific stock purchases. It can't relate relate to anything like that. It has to relate to uh, strategies that you can use. It has to relate to using the platforms that we use all the time and your overall psychology of trading general risk management. It can't be specific number risk management because then you're saying what kind of trades people should take. So it's been very frustrating. We are moving over to uh, an actual course platform, like a, a an online course platform. And it's going to make things a little bit easier for us overall. Marie says, I thought this was America. Yeah. I thought we could I provide something. America. And if you thought it was valuable, you could send us money for it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But right so, now, you know, Nate's dog died and Lacey's starving because they're withholding our money. And yeah, it's, exactly. it's absolutely, I can't believe that they would do this in the middle of a pandemic, you know? Yeah. I mean, there's money sitting in this account from all the people that are taking the class and we can't, we can't get it. So we've received nothing from the class over the last two months whatsoever, even though we've been very happy with the amount of people that signed up for it. And we haven't received any of the money yet from it. So it's been, it's been I bet all of y'all have been charged. Oh, I bet it came <laughs> out of their accounts. I'm yeah. sure it did. It's sitting in Wix's bank account right now. That's where it's sitting. They're trading. So, <laughs> yeah, they probably got an account open. They're taking our class and they're taking some nice profitable trades off of the advice that they're telling us we can't give. So, Listen, all that goes to say, it, does, it says, changes nothing about the strategies we talk about. It says nothing about how we teach people how to use stock trading platforms, how to put in the right orders, the right numbers behind managing your risk, uh, different things like that. Um, 
I just I can't put any. Uh, we can't do the dollar figures right now. Now there's other people who do this, but they're they're licensed, and we are not. Uh, unfortunately, have not paid whatever that fee is. We'll have to look into giving the SEC the proper amount of money so they will allow us to do this. So anyway, it does not change anything with the class. You sign up for the class, it's $47 a month. We're talking about how to read candlestick charts. That's what everyone uses in trading, by the way, if you've never heard of that before. How to read candlestick charts, looking at support, resistance levels, trends. There's all kinds of strategies to put around this, whether you're doing low float stocks, which are your smaller companies, you could call them penny stocks sometimes, uh, strategies on trading the penny stocks, strategies on trading the market overall or big name stocks. We're talking about this um, and we are not saying buy this stock at this price. Don't buy this many shares of this stock at this price. That is not what we're saying. What we're saying is um, Here's what we do. Here's this strategy. Here's why we would enter a trade. This is uh, this is one way that you can do it. There's about a billion stock trading strategies out there. And here's a few of them that work the best for our mindset. You should find the one that works the best for your mindset, because if it doesn't work for your brain, your risk tolerance, then it's not going to work for you, even if it is a profitable strategy. It won't work for you if you're too scared to do it. And that, that's just a cold, hard fact right there, okay? So you still go to mastermytrades.com. It's $47 a month. You're going to learn everything you need to know to start taking your own trades. And yes, I will tell you why we enter specific trades on a daily basis. I will say roundabout what levels we could be taking on some stocks, uh, but it's just not going to go past that right now. And you can still watch us do the pre-market analysis every single morning in our private Facebook group, which you'll get access to through going to mastermytrades.com. Nothing's really changing with the class other than I'm not typing out dollar figures. I'm not typing out specific price points for people to go to. There's no promise of income, by the way. If there were a promise of income, everyone would trade. You know, that's just what you would do. There is a risk. I think everyone assumes that there is a risk in trading or everyone would do it. Just so you guys know, it's not a guaranteed thing. That's not what we're saying. But the algorithms have decided that uh, they should block us from receiving the money. It's very annoying. And this is just the SEC, man, protecting everyone. They're just protecting everyone. They want you guys to take a $1,000 trading course or a $500 trading course or a $5,000 trading course with someone who has paid the gatekeeper's fee with the SEC that is giving the exact same knowledge subpar knowledge compared to ours for the same ideas, you know, and they would rather you pay a much, much, much higher price to gain this knowledge uh, because those are the people who have paid the gatekeeper's fee through them. So it's been slightly frustrating, but we are, uh, we know the wording that we can, uh, that we can say, and we're switching over to a new platform that's going to help us on this problem. But um, it's frustrating, man. That's the SEC. That's a, that's them. They're taking care of you, dude. They're, they're looking out for the little man. That's what they're yeah, doing. Exactly. You know? And it's like, you know, even if we were snake oil salesmen, like if somebody is willing to trade you, first of all, they should be allowed to do that. Second of all, you're going to get found out, found out real quick, man. It's mm -hmm. not hard. We've always talked about like, okay, you take a pharmaceutical company, like if they're really about profits over people and they just create drugs that kill people, 
Well, eventually, like you kill enough people, you killed all your customers. So then where are you going to get your profit from? And you, you killed know? your brand. You yeah, killed you killed your, your brand. You like, it's the same thing. You put out a bad training course and I believe the reviews we've gotten so far have been amazing. Um, and you put out a bad one though. Guess what happens? You get a bunch of bad reviews and no one signs up for it. You lose all your customers. And so it's like, I don't understand how this, the market can't just regulate itself. It's just one more government thorn in my side. And I've had a lot of them today and I'm just yeah. about, I'm just about over it. You didn't mention the scathing email I sent support back <laughs> because oh, it was a good email. They would didn't not, get a response. They wouldn't talk to me. And they were like, well, because Nate is the one that opened up the URL, but like, like we own the company. And I'm like, dude, like, I don't like you have to talk to me. And basically is what I said. And, um, and I, they, they wanted Nate to open up a separate ticket. And I was like, no, no, you open one and correspond yeah. with him. Cause I've already told you about my problem here. Charlie was trying to take care of the issue. He knows that my time is way too valuable to be bothered with <laughs> little pesky emails about things. Yeah. And so Charlie was trying to take care of this and they're like, Oh, this is coming from a, yeah, I see that you're uh, what are you? You're an administrator on the account. Yeah, that's right. Obviously. But, but they're the, like, well, quote owner. Like I didn't, yeah, you're open not the it. account owner. And, and you're like, I'm an administrator on the account. The, my, my thing's on there is like, and well, actually we I own it. Account owner. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's, it, it's been very frustrating dealing with all these little intricacies of, uh, yeah, getting, getting something where you're trying to teach people how to take control of their own futures. Uh, they really, we're not doing futures trading. I'm talking about your actual futures <laughs> and uh, we're trying to help people do that. And of course we're getting every roadblock thrown at us along the way, which is life. That's yeah. just, that's what and life honestly, is. it's still all worth it. Like this is much more worth it than, you know, punching a clock for somebody else. Uh, you know, but owning a business is not, it's not all cupcakes and rainbows. Like everybody sees Jeff Bezos's worth go up and down with the stock markets. Like, Oh, he made 50 billion today. It's not always like that. You know, there's lots of BS you've got to put up with and all these, all these things in your way just to make it even harder, which is why we talk about the things we talk about, because what we advocate for are things that make it as easy as possible for people to get ahead in life. And that's why Liberty is so guard on important. <laughs> you don't have all these ridiculous regulations and all of these rules and things like that, that just inhibit you from participating in the free market where people want to freely trade with you and all of these headaches. It, what it does is it causes people not to enter it, which reduces competition, makes it expensive for everybody else. And then it keeps poor people poor because they can't get ahead and it just makes the rich rich. And you want this this whole idea of the progressive left is like they have this massive separation and they don't realize that everything they advocate for just creates a larger separation. And it's like, what do you, what do you actually want? You know, maybe they're actually smarter. I don't know. Maybe they're the <laughs> ones saying they're arguing against separation, but secretly they're for separation because they're the ones that are rich and they know, Hey, if we hate on ourselves and everybody's going to believe us somehow, then we'll still get the profit on the back end because yeah. we're arguing against the separation of the rich and the poor. And so we'll give some crumbs to the poor while we make ourselves richer. That's exactly what they do. You notice Bernie Sanders used to talk about millionaires and billionaires, and now it's just billionaires because he's a millionaire now. So just pay attention to those types of things. But anyway, all that to say, mastermytrades.com, get in there, 
get you some learning done. Learn, uh, learn all about the stock market. I did some great trades today, and uh, I took a couple trades in my account, both of them green, by the way, and it was nice. It was a good day today. Um, so if you guys want to learn all about that, if you want to learn about green days, I'm not going to tell you what the figure was because I can't, but it was green. I can tell you the color. And so, so if you guys want to learn about all a that. guarantee of a return off of this idea right here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you guys want to learn all about all of that, it's mastermytrades.com. Again, if you want to see this show live and you want some other perks and cool things that we do, you can go do that by going to patreon.com slash goodmorningliberty. That's patreon.com slash goodmorningliberty for as little as five little measly dollars a month. I can guarantee you that we're going to provide some extra value other than this free podcast. So the podcast is free. And if you want to throw some bones our way for doing this free show for you every single day when we want to, then you can do that. Patreon.com. Nate just uploaded a bonus episode this morning, a bonus video. There's bonus episodes. There's pre and post show audio. Bonus episodes this week already, by the way. Yeah. It's only Tuesday. Yeah. Um, So clearly Nate's time is freeing up. And, uh, (laughs) You got bonus content, you get merch discounts, we send you a free mug. There's all kinds of cool perks by doing that. Uh, and we want you guys to be longtime supporters because we love all of you. So uh, those of you who have already subscribed, thank you. And thanks for sharing the show. Go over to Patreon, be a supporter. Learn about the stock market at mastermytrades.com. And if you guys do all of that, leave us a rating and review. The ones coming in lately are just so nice. Leave us that rating and review. You guys do all that. We'll be back again tomorrow. Hope you guys have a good day and a good morning, Liberty. Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids.